Hey friends, it's Awkwardly Random with Cynthia and Michelle, where we talk about random topics. Anything and everything awkward is on the table, so let's dive right in. All right, welcome everybody. Hi, welcome back. We're excited to be recording another episode for all yes. of y'all. We are so excited uh, to keep going with these episodes. And let us know how you like them or you don't like them. Or, I mean, obviously, we're talking about our opinions and what we think and our experiences. So it's always nice yep. to hear what everyone thinks. Yeah. And our experiences are just two of millions and millions of other experiences. So we are just sharing how we feel, our experiences, what our thoughts are. And, you know, hopefully. This is helpful and useful to our listeners, to all of you. Um, but, you know, just keep in mind that we are just two people talking about very, it can be deep, it can be uh, upbeat and light, but regardless, these are we're, this is just us talking to Yeah, each we're trying other to give you a variety, you. okay? So yes. sometimes it's going to be deep, sometimes it's going to be lighthearted and funny and silly, yep. and other times, yeah, it's just like a range, just how life is. Exactly. So. It's awkwardly random. Yeah. Just to introduce ourselves, I'm Michelle. Uh, pronouns are she and hers. Yeah. Just a quick intro. All right. I'm Cynthia. My pronouns are also she, her, and hers. Um, we're going to keep learning more about each other and... Y'all be learning more about us as we go, mm-hmm. but we thought we would share our pronouns, and that is something that we're going to try to do more consistently. Yeah, because it's important, and we'll get into it later. Um, but first, how how have you been? How's life in the shy? Life in the shy. Um, You know, not very eventful, considering we can't really do much, mm-hmm. which kind of sucks, but... Um, I went on a walk this morning. I got an horchata latte. It's delicious. Nice. It's a uh, horchata mixed with es- with espresso coffee. I've had it before. It's good. Um, yeah. So if y'all, I don't know if they have it in Madison. I haven't heard of any place that sells that. But I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. you could probably make it at home too. It's just mixing coffee with with horchata. But um, yeah. It's delicious, and there's a really nice spot here in the city that sells it. So if y'all are ever in the shy and want to try it and don't know where it is or want more information about it, or just let me know. Reach out. I got you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, reach out. Yeah, we'll give you some recommendations. Yes. And how's NYC treating you? Um. Well, I'm trying to recuperate. Today's Saturday when we're recording, if you're listening to this. Yep. Saturday morning. Um, so I'm just like recuperating from yesterday because I was telling Cynthia that my day was a shit show. Um, just because, yeah. <clears throat> sorry, I'm, I just woke up. <laughs> I just woke up uh, because I was sleeping in because yesterday I had a really bad day in terms of just things weren't working out in my favor. Not big structural, like systematic racism kind of things. It's just kind of like, rain um uh what else what other things that just were not under my control and that were just like random life things that were just not going in my favor and I just that happened from the morning till I got back um from my job and so just a lot of those things affected me and I was just like over the day and um, but yeah, now it's, I'm glad that it's a new day. I'm glad that that's yeah. over with. And I hope 
all the bad luck or the bad karma is just not following me today. But yeah, that's where I'm at. Let's put good vibes into the universe. Yes, yes, yes. But I that sounds that can be really stressful. And when they're like minor things, but they all kind of happen at once or like they compound on each other, then it can you can really feel the weight of it. And yeah, that's how it I sucks. It's like, a shitty what? feeling. And so and that's never happened to me. Yeah. I don't know if this has ever happened to any of our listeners, but I've never had a day like that where just bad thing after bad thing after yeah. bad thing happened. But it's it's life, man. You know, you, you you keep moving forward. Yeah, I've had I've had days where certain things I'm like, really, like what else could go wrong? You know, mm-hmm. I, that has happened. And like it's some of it. A lot of it is out of our control. And so, yeah, another thing, too, and is I try to, like, be easy on myself. And I'm like, OK, it's raining. I don't have my umbrella. I messed up there. But also, I didn't know it was going to rain. But also, the forecast was wrong because I checked. Yeah. Either way, it was out of my control. And, yeah. like, I can't do anything about yeah. it. And or so, in my case, I thought I had my umbrella with me. Because I yeah, always, and so that I'm happens always too. super prepared with stuff. And I'm just like, yeah. oh, OK. Yeah. Well, hopefully today goes better for you, Michelle. And hopefully everybody else has a good Saturday and a good weekend. I know it's getting colder out there. So just stay warm. Stay stay safe. safe. With COVID. Yes. Social distance. Wear a mask. All of that. Continue to do that. reiterating that. Yeah. Be safe. And, and for those who are in Wisconsin, like right now, Wisconsin is a hot ass mess. To be completely fair and, and honest is that the reason why there's so many COVID tests right now in Wisconsin is because of the lack of leadership yes. and in government. Yeah. Um, because in Wisconsin, most of our representation in politics are Republican. Who don't. Yeah. Republican who don't believe in COVID-19, who don't believe that you should be wearing a mask. Right. Don't believe that this is real. And it is. And just for people who are listening you do not have a constitutional right to not wear a mask. Mm-hmm. Like that is just not a thing. Right. So I don't know where people are getting this from. Right. And regardless of what they say, you should still be wearing a mask. Yeah. And, and yeah. And most, and I know a lot of people are still working. I'm still working mm-hmm. where we have to go in, in public. So Well, and even if you're not working, if you're at home a lot, but like you have, you know, people go to the grocery stores or people have errands to run, like wear a mask. Just wear a mask and yeah, wash your hands. Safe. Yeah, be safe. Yes, for sure. Cool, cool. Moving on to would you rather questions. Um, I have a couple that I looked up that I am not creative to have come up by myself. So these are from the internet. Let's hear it. Let's Um, hear it. I'm excited for this. Okay. Um, Would you rather know the history of every object you touched or be able to talk to animals? Um, I think I would like to be able to talk to animals. Same. I feel like we share this planet. Like, I would love to know and learn about what they're feeling and yeah, what, you know, who they are. I Yeah, yeah. I agree. And I don't really care to know the history of every object because that yeah. has to do with like patent laws and all this other shit that like the original inventor might not have gotten credit for it oh you know what i mean or and anyways you can still look that information up you can't you know know what what animals are thinking or want to yeah and and feeling and want to tell you so definitely agree. right exactly we agree on that one woo Mm -hmm. okay another one hmm would you rather be covered in fur or scales 
Um, considering that I live in the Midwest and the winters here are really rough, I would probably want to be covered in fur to stay warm. Okay. I would say scales. Um, just because, I don't know, I think back on the Disney Channel movie, 13 You'll be a year, mermaid. Have, yeah, I'm like, I'm a mermaid. I'm going to go swim. And hopefully that provides some gills so I can breathe underwater. I don't Actually, know. that would be pretty cool. Yeah. I would love to be able to breathe underwater. Yeah. So that's, that's my but answer. But I'm also terrified of the ocean. So I would be so scared to be swimming inside in the ocean. But I'll swim in a pool. <laughs> I'll breathe under a pool all day, any day. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I would be scared too, but I don't know if I'd actually do it. Who knows? You might. Maybe you're who a mermaid knows? at heart. Yeah. You're an, you said you were an introvert. You're also a mermaid. Ooh, that's nice. Cool. <laughs> okay. Now we learned of Michelle's secret powers. <clears throat> For real. Don't mess with me. <laughs> don't mess with me. Just kidding. Okay. All right, y'all. Um, just last, would you rather... Um, oh yes 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 would you rather go back to age five with everything you know now or know now everything your future self will learn i that's a that's a deep one that that is a deep one that's a hard one because at five it would have been nice to know well at five like i was a kid i was a kid i wasn't really worried about lots of things but that also comes from the privilege that i had and the circumstances in which i grew up in so there's a lot of factors mm-hmm. to consider. However, if I think I would rather do the first one because if I right now at my age know everything that I'm going to learn ever in my life, then I'm like I'm done learning. That means I'm done learning, you know? And that's kind of how I took that question. So Yeah, th- that's not how I took it, but it's yeah. a good perspective. Yeah. Um f- your turn. I would say I wouldn't do the first one just because I was going through a lot when I was 5 and being bombarded with all this information at five, I think would just further my trauma or my anxiety, whatever sure. I was feeling then. And I don't think maybe yeah. it would have made me a better, like it would help my growth, but I can't really say that. But I would prefer the second one, the second one to know now everything my future self will learn just because I think that Having mm-hmm. that knowledge of information, I could use it and be more effective now. Um, and I would hope that I can multiply that knowledge because um, I think that just because I learned it in the future doesn't mean I can I can't multiply it. But at the same time, that's me creating a hypothetical versus this like this question that doesn't really say that. You know what I mean? Yeah, because I took it as you're at this point in your life you're gonna know everything your future self is ever going to know so to me that's like that's the it that's it that's all i'm gonna learn you know what i mean yeah i guess in my mind i'm thinking about virtual dimensions (laughs) yeah and you can still expand on your knowledge yeah yeah yeah. yes in that case well yeah i would probably agree with you with i would probably pick the second one yeah but that's just Um, me like making a point just to go in my favor of what i think this (laughs) would you rather is saying Um, well we i respect completely (laughs) your perspective and you know we're all about perspective taking here and again these are just hypotheticals these are just to engage in some conversation but um yeah, I yeah. would be interested to hear what our listeners would pick from these. Would you? Yes, rather. yes. 
we'll make a post on our Instagram and Facebook um, asking the question and let us know in the comments which one you would pick and why. Yeah, that would be be really interesting to hear your input. Good idea. That's a good idea, Beans. Oh, thank you. I honestly just thought of it right now. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's what we do. We just come up with stuff on the spot. We sure do. All right. It's about to get deep. Yeah. Y'all, this is a deep one. And yeah, just just keep that in mind. Mm-hmm. Okay. So today we would like to focus on societal standards on gender roles and norms. Yes. And how we just want to talk about kind of what that looks like in the society that we live in, um, how we can perpetuate certain norms and roles um the intersectional forces that all kind of work together to create certain forms of oppression for certain people yeah um and yeah this is this episode is only is less gonna it's gonna be less than an hour long and it's definitely not enough to encompass and not enough time to encompass everything that kind of goes into this topic and so this conversation needs to be an ongoing thing so you know, just just because we're d- talking about this in this episode doesn't mean this is the only time we're going to be talking about it. And we encourage everyone to to engage in these conversations. Yeah, and also we we're talking about our knowledge and um, our knowledge is growing on this, too. Yes. Just based off of our experiences, too, and what we've learned. Yeah. So and um, by no means am I saying that I'm an expert on this. Whatsoever. Yeah, I'm not an expert either. You know, we are not experts. We are here to just engage in some meaningful dialogue, share our experiences, give our inputs and our thoughts. But also we are here to be challenged. Yeah. Um, and to challenge each other. And this is a lifelong work. This is a life. We are lifelong learners, mm-hmm. um, which also goes back to the would you rather question about learning. Yeah. Um, Nice tie, nice tie. Yes. I just wanted to start by talking about what intersection... I can't even... <laughs> Intersectionality. Again. I just want to talk about the de- uh, where the term intersectionality comes from. Um, because I think that's important and, you know, many of us might not know what it is. Uh, but I didn't learn it uh, until I went to school. Mm-hmm. So intersectionality is a term that was coined by... Kimberly Crenshaw in 1989 and it is used or she created it to describe how race class gender and other individual characteristics interact with one another and overlap and people from different backgrounds encounter the world especially the U.S. Uh, it shapes how their experiences are and like how they're treated as people right um, so more specifically with Crenshaw's understanding uh, of intersectionality was looking deeply at structural and systemic uh, questions about discrimination, uh, racism, and inequality. So that's yep. where the term intersectionality comes from. They all intersect. Um, and, yeah, and I think it's very important that when we talk about issues about gender or race, we do it in an intersectional manner Mm -hmm. because all of those play a factor on how beans you were saying people are oppressed and the opportunities that certain people have because of 
these different factors right. and they are true um even if you don't feel like it's true maybe it doesn't affect you the way that it affects other people i, I agree with you 100 percent. we need to adopt an inter- intersectionality framework as we discuss about this these things I think certain voices, specifically black and brown voices, are not being centered in these discussions and they're often restricted in being able to like meaningfully engage in conversations and dialogue and in spaces that are trying to develop understandings of gender in- injustices, inequalities, and racial injustice and inequalities. And Yeah, or even positions of power that can create yep. change. There is a lack of understanding. There is a lack of not letting those voices be heard, which right. are needed in those spaces. Yeah. So we need to center those voices and we need to center those experiences. Yeah. But I think it would be cool to talk about, it would be interesting to talk about gender and the social construct of gender. And, you know, kind of just to distinguish, gender is the identity that you that you assign yourself, mm-hmm. that you identify as, right? So... If you identify as a woman, that is your gender. Um, however, sex is different, right? Those are those are the biological characteristics. Those are the the parts that you were born with. Yeah, and to take note, both of those are socially constructed. constructed. Yeah, um, yeah, because there are people who are born with different um, body parts mm-hmm. that aren't necessarily considered female or male right and that's problematic in itself that right. type of science and how that was created yeah um and that goes that goes with you know we have such a binary way of viewing gender yeah and sex and by binary and you mean one or the other yeah so and, it's either man or woman yeah and and that's how a lot of people view gender like i'm sure right. some of our listeners uh, and i grew up thinking yeah, gender I did was too. man or woman or yeah or female and male and male oh for so, sure unpacking. and I'll, a big part of it is like yes it's a social social construct meaning that we as humans created those concepts which also means that we can change those concepts yeah social construct constructs can be altered wow i'm like stuttering stuttering a lot so i can't pronounce I. these words so am i um anyway but I also want to point out that our brains also are looking for, they're like pattern machines. Our brains, the brain takes in so much information from the outside world without our, like, deeper than our conscious. Like, we don't even know we're taking in all this information. And what we see, what we see in society and what we see in the media and what we see on TV and on the internet is this is what a woman is like and this is what a man is like. But then, they also only have those two representations, very narrow types of views and ideologies about what a man is, what a woman is. Um, and so we take in a lot of that information subconsciously. Our brain is creating those patterns. And so it can be hard for us to recognize things that don't go within those, that kind of go outside of those norms that we see. So we all have our implicit biases. Mm-hmm. You know, it's... It's a lot of self-work and a lot of unlearning. Yeah. And that goes into gender norms. Um, It's just like we need to we need to consider we need to think about how we carry ourselves and how we view the world and acknowledge that sometimes the way we view the world can be problematic and can be dangerous for a lot of people. And that goes into 
this slogan that I've seen because of politics is the future is female. Right. And I don't think a lot of feminists, I mean, I'm a feminist, but I don't think a lot of women uh, or people. I think you're an intersectional feminist. Yes, I'm an intersectional feminist. Um, But I don't think a lot of people, especially uh, white feminists, think about how exclusionary that slogan is. Absolutely. And the term female is essentially problematic. And it's problematic because it invokes this scientific definition of a biological woman, which very much incorrectly conflates sex and gender and it erases the identities of non-binary people and i'm not trying to tell you that you should identify as non-binary or that you know the future because what i'm trying to say is and what a lot of people are also trying to say is that the future is non-binary um yes with that we're not saying you should or you will eventually identify as non-binary um, but what I'm saying is <clears throat> with that, uh, the future should be non-binary means that we shouldn't be pushing these binary gender norms. That's what right. the future is non-binary means is that we shouldn't be pushing binary gender roles on people. Yeah. And that it's okay to identify with whatever you identify. Because I think right now we're in a time that we should like aspire and understand sex gender and sexuality as spectrums yeah and we don't want to disadvantage or um, take away someone's rights um, because of where they place themselves on those spectrums right i also want to talk about just to distinguish the between sexual orientation and sexual preference yes yes that's important because It's not like, oh, you know, you're just choosing to love this person. Like, it's a choice. Yeah. And I think that using the word preference really diminishes that. Yeah, I definitely agree. And like you said, there's a difference between gender, what you identify as, versus sexual orientation. Yes. um, Who do you like, who you're attracted to sexually. Right. Which is very different. Right. There's so many nuances here, which is why we wanted to emphasize that this conversation needs to be ongoing. And there's so much to talk about here that we don't have time to in the specific episode to talk about. But yeah, and we're talking as uh, cis cisgender women, women, cisgendered women who are, at least I am heterosexual. Me too. Yeah, so we can't speak for other people, uh, but this is like our knowledge and what we've learned. But yeah, just wanted, like what we're going to talk about, like our experiences right now, like gender norms and like our experiences are because of that and what we visually look like to other people and their biases. Absolutely. Yeah, I think both of us as women have certain experiences that we can, that I think resonate with the both of us because we identify as women. However... Um, you know, our experiences still, we have very different ones because of where our experiences, where we had these experiences or how we grew up. Um, the fact that I am white passing make, puts me in a very different position, um, than a lot of people who are people of color. Like I am not, I am not a person of color, but I'm Mexican, you know? And so there's this different, yeah, for sure. Our experiences are are different. I'm glad that you acknowledge 
that you know you're not a person mm-hmm. of color but your ethnicity yeah. and your culture is mexican um, right because you mexican do have, is not a race yeah mexican is not a race it's it's yes. an ethnicity so i appreciate that you acknowledge that and i think a lot of white latinx people don't acknowledge that they still right. consider themselves people of color when they're not yeah uh, which and is if extremely you didn't know that, problematic yeah and if you didn't know that now you know that um, and it takes it and yeah it was it's something that i've learned to acknowledge I, I i wasn't really i had different experiences than my other mexican friends who were darker than me yeah yeah um, and that and that goes to like me too um i have t- had to also acknowledge that i'm lighter skinned than most of my family most of my family is darker than i am and i have not experienced what they have experienced right or just in general uh people who are black and um knowing coming from community a community and just having friends that are black who i we will never understand right. what they're going through ever with racism yep and acknowledging our privilege in that and then also centering those voices and those experiences yep mm-hmm. and yeah i think those are all really important points to consider um especially when you are doing the work on yourself too like you need to acknowledge what privilege you have and regardless who you are, you have some sort of privilege. Mm-hmm. I thought it, I think we can also talk about our experiences with double standards. Certain expectations are placed on certain people based on who they are and what they identify as and what they look like. Um, and so I'm wondering if you have any if you would like to share anything about any experiences or any thoughts you have about double standards in this society. Ooh. I can go on for days. No, tell us, Mish. We want to learn. Um, but I've had so many experiences with double standards at my job and at school. Like, for example, I was talking to Beans about how I used to have a job where there was a woman and a man in this position. We were both equally doing the same job. Um, and we had to um, supervise um different groups um but essentially we were messengers and leaders of those groups and what happened to me was we would send out these same messages and i would get complaints saying that i was not being nice that i was being bitchy and that i could be nicer by maybe changing my language on how i text um essentially i wasn't putting emojis and putting like exclamation points and to what they were referring to was that I wasn't being nice enough. And but here's the thing. You were you were sending the exact same text message as your male counterpart. Yes. And I was like, and I when I when I was made aware of this, I spoke to my well, my supervisors spoke to me and they were like, I don't think that this is fair. I don't think that they should be treating you like this. And the fact is, is that these complaints were coming from women. Exactly. Women of color. That's also. Yeah. And that bothered me so much because nobody had complained about my male counterpart who was doing the exact same job Mm -hmm. and extending the exact same messages. And to be honest, in the moment, I thought it was absurd because I'm not I'm not doing anything wrong. And yeah, I just thought that it was just like, why are you doing this? There's no reason why you should. Uh, say that I'm a bitch or that I'm bossy or whatever it is you want to yeah, label me Yeah, that's so as. messed up. Yeah. 
So that was something that I had to deal with and that I eventually tried to fix. But I later realized that maybe it wasn't my leadership. Maybe it was just someone. Some of these people didn't like me because I was. Well, in a and it wasn't for you to fix. Yeah. And I it felt wasn't like for I you to fix it because I was right. their supervisor, essentially. And I felt yeah. like I needed to fix it for them to like me. But I then realized that they just didn't like me as a person. And I don't know if it was because I was in a position of leadership and that we were around the same age, but that's just how I felt. And eventually I just didn't try and I was just try to kept like keep our relationship professional. Right. That's something too that makes me want to highlight that we as women can also perpetuate gender roles. Yeah. We as women can also perpetuate misogyny or patriarchy right. against each other. Um, and for whatever reason, I don't know why we, some people feel the need to do that. And another example in law school, being a woman of color or being a student of color, others have a different standard for you to be what it means to be an exceptional student. That means you have to have good grades. That means you have to make certain leadership positions that means you have to work that means you have to volunteer that means you have to stretch yourself out so thin um just to be labeled this amazing student but i know that a lot of my white classmates didn't have to go through these um put themselves through the ringer in order to be considered good students mm -hmm. um so yeah and there was another experience oh my gosh i have so many there was another experience where I, in law school, so it wasn't that long ago, mm -hmm. and I, I don't think I've ever told anybody this besides like my law school friends, where I felt like you, uh, as a woman of color, I had to act a certain way in order to fit in to certain offices. So while I was in law school, I was leaving this position because I just didn't think it was the best fit and I wanted to explore other areas, but I was in this job and I was, as I was leaving, um, while I was in the job, let me back up. While I was in the job, I am a big picture person. So I like to look at things structurally. And I mean, I can focus on details too, but I have come up with different solutions and I voiced those uh, concerns and solutions to my higher ups in terms of how I think things could be better and more just for, for certain communities. And I remember on my last day of the job, one of the higher ups, higher ups who was also a woman, was trying to give me advice on like how I could have a successful legal career. And she had told me that um, in order to move up, that I just need to put my head down and keep working. And that is fucked up. Yes. Yeah. And I know if people are listening to this are shocked, but I don't think... But you're not the only like, one. Yeah, I'm not the only one. So the people in law school, especially students of color, know what that feels like and know what it's what it feels like to be told just to act a certain way or to dress right. a certain way because that's what it looks like in the legal field. Right. And in the moment, obviously, I felt um, appalled. And in my head, I was like, hell no. Um, fuck that but there's a lot of moments like that that have happened to other people and to myself where you just feel like you can't say anything right you can't say anything because the legal communities where I was at in Minneapolis and also like New York or whatever they all kind of know each other there's like a mm -hmm. small network of like lawyers 
um, in the area. So you all kind of know each other or you know someone who knows somebody else. Mm-hmm. And in the legal, legal community, I don't know how it is in other industries, but they do talk and they talk about law clerks. They talk about law students. And, you know, word of mouth gets around. So that's why it's always hard to feel like I could voice those things. But yeah, that's definitely something that I went through and something that nobody should ever tell anybody. No. That's just so discouraging, especially for if you want to be an advocate and a lawyer and want to create change. You don't tell someone to put their head down and keep working. And putting your head down and just keep working. That's not the way to create change or to implement change. And so, yeah. And maybe it was coming from her from a different generation where, you know, back in the 60s or whatever, um, because she, I mean, I'm assuming that's, uh, I don't know if that's when she went to work, but I mean, earlier before, I know you couldn't really say anything, but I think times have changed and you don't have to be quiet and not voice your opinions, at least in my perspective. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And I'm proud of you for not listening to her. Yeah. I mean, I felt like I did because I couldn't say anything. I was biting my tongue. Yeah. And that's so hard in spaces like that where you're not, you know, they're not created for people, people of color and women. And like, it's so hard to navigate that space. And then to try to speak up can also be incredibly difficult. What about you? Have you had any experiences with double standards or just like sexism or anything i've had experiences of double standards in terms of what beauty is what beauty means and what beauty looks like okay um specifically feminine beauty and whatnot oh Um, yeah i've had the response of okay so i have tattoos and i was told one time that men do not like women with tattoos wow and this is when I only had one That's at the time. Up. That was my very first one. And I had showed the, this person and I, they were like, yeah, we, men don't like women with tattoos. Yeah. And why did you do that? And, you know, made me feel really shitty. Um, and a lot of times, and I've noticed that, t- I've noticed this too of like this, we have these like standards of beauty and what like women should look like, which goes into a whole bunch of other topics, mm-hmm. for example, like diet culture and all these things. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, just let us do us like stop. Telling yes. Us what let to me do. be stop me. Telling us what we can yes. wear. Stop telling us what we should do with our bodies. It's just stop. Exactly. Yeah. I do what I want with my body. And so you know, I've always been the type to like tattoos. I've always been pretty sporty. Like, that's just me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd rather wear sneakers than heels. But that's me. And yeah. so, and so, yeah, I it hurt. But at the same time, I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to do me. And, you know, I got seven more tattoos. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> do it. So that is our episode for today. We want to thank you for joining us in this conversation. Uh, about gender and the fluidity of it and the intersectionality of it we continue we will continue to have these conversations on the episode yes and we encourage you all to continue to learn with us and do your own research um and also continue to challenge continue to challenge the binary norms of gender because it's definitely fluid and we definitely need to be more understanding and advocate for non-binary folks and their rights 
and yes yeah we will continue these conversations uh but for uh, sure that was it and we know we got yeah. deep. We, we hope you understood where we were coming from uh but yeah and we have so much more to learn as you can tell you know we're not experts yeah um and this is a topic that we care about absolutely and we're gonna keep having these conversations and this episode we're running out of time but it doesn't mean that this conversation is ending and so there's so much more that we still want to talk about but you know just to emphasize i encourage you the listeners and everybody out there to learn to unlearn your own thoughts and biases that may be perpetuating these um these uh binary ideologies and read um and watch content read stuff from non-binary authors and authors of color um read their work you know do the research like michelle was Mm -hmm. saying and kind of try to teach yourself and learn um yeah and talk to your other people about it too yeah engage in these conversations yeah um just know that this is a lifelong work to resist your own biases and to learn about these things and we're just gonna we're gonna keep going yeah and ultimately this makes you a better person and with you having this knowledge you can create a better world and society for people for sure and we encourage everyone to vote organize and mobilize yeah that's coming up take action and have these conversations it's about to go down um thank you all for joining us we will have a guest we will have guests coming soon and we look forward to continuing this journey with y'all thank you stay tuned yes stay tuned we'll catch you at the next one bye